Hey folks, it's October 24th. Welcome to the JMU Game Day edition of the Rochelle Sports Podcast. I'm here as always with Mead Considine. Mead, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, I love that, the JMU Game Day edition. That's great. Well, Corso put on the Duke dog hat today, so... That's probably pretty exciting today. for you. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to uh, totally fuck Richmond up. I think we're going to win by... Three, four touchdowns. We're going to cover the spread by a lot. Jamie's never seen anything like this. But what is it? Is it their offense? You're a big West Virginia fan. What did you say? Is it their offense that's so good? Like, is that that's what I've heard? Is it their Actually, offense? Our quarterback transferred in from uh, Georgia Tech, um, oh, really? and he is the first player in college history to run for run and pass for two seventy five each in a single game. So he's balling out. Dang. Bad lead for Heisman. You're lagging on me. So uh, let's get to it. So while we're talking about college football, uh, I want to hear some of your thoughts on this year. I know you don't follow uh, any team other than West Virginia, but yeah. look at the top 25. Give me your top four teams, teams you want to see in the playoffs. Top four teams I want to see in the playoffs? Uh, honestly, that's what I was going to say is that I don't want to see anybody in the playoffs. I think everybody sucks this year, more or less, like compared to previous years. Oh, like in previous years, someone's always – there's always two or three teams that are really good. And now it's always the problem is that there is always four teams deserving of being in the national championship game. But it seems like this year, like, I don't want to see any of those teams. You know what I mean? Like, I'm interested in seeing any of those great teams play. Yeah, Alabama went down early, and they're, they seem to always be at top. Florida State, they're undefeated right now, but they are really struggling uh, against yeah, some good Um, So right now the top four is Ohio State, Baylor, Utah, and TCU. Out of those four teams, I think Baylor's the one to beat. Yeah, Baylor's really good. I was able to watch Baylor when they played West Virginia, and they're really good, but – they're, they definitely have their, their weaknesses. Like, they don't have a great defense, and they're not – I mean, they throw it to one guy. They throw it to that one guy that's, like, ridiculously good. So they got, yeah. they got things to figure out, but we'll Right see. now it's two, 2.03 on October 24th, and Baylor's up 35-7 to seven, uh, at the start of the second half against Iowa State. Two and four Iowa State, so. They also play these schedules, you know – out of any top team, but you look at the rest of the teams here, Ohio State hasn't played anybody. Utah has a big yeah. test tonight against USC. Uh, a lot of people see that one and in an upset. Uh, Michigan State, a team outside of the top five that I like to finish inside the top four. Alabama always has a chance to come out, and I think Florida State has a really good chance to finish the season undefeated. Uh, we'll see what happens. If I had to pick my top four, for the playoffs, my prediction, Baylor is the one, Alabama is the two, Florida State is the three, TCU is the four. I think TCU's got a couple of good young players that could potentially win the Heisman. They just put up points. If you play DraftKings, yeah. you want someone from Baylor, you want someone from TCU. All right. Um, baseball. So, Blue Jays eliminated last night in six games. Curse of the Drake. This is the Drake. one series after Lil B, the base god, blessed the Blue Jays and said that he, the base god is a Blue Jays fan. So, are Lil B's powers not real? As 
the biggest little B supporter that you or knows, I was more coincidence than, than little B uh, cursing or blessing anybody. I remember last week, Base God blessed the Texas Longhorns, and they finally won a fucking game. And if Lil B can do that, I think he can do anything. He can do anything. Like last year. Oh, James Harden. James Harden. Yeah, he cursed him. The clear-cut MVP, in my opinion. Same. I, I agree. I agree. And I, with a really good team, and after Lil B cursed him, you know, what was he supposed to do? The odds were already against him. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I think that um, – uh, little B curses and little B blessings are all just coincidence. I, I'm not. I'm not a believer. Wow. But hey, what do I yeah, know? Well, well, now you froze on me. What do we know? You know, Kevin Durant. Um, ever since he's had this beef with little B, has has not really been the player that he was. I know he won the MVP two years ago, but. We don't know how long Kate curses really take to fit in. I'm just hoping they make up by the time he signs with the Wizards. Yeah. Okay, uh, just to wrap up baseball, neither of us are big baseball guys. We got Mets, Royals, seven games for the World Series. Who you got? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I don't have anybody I'm not going to be watching because <laughs> the NBA starts on Tuesday, and that's when the World Series starts too. So okay. that completely coincides, and I'm just not going to watch. So do you think opening night – all the opening night. How many games are there on opening night? Um, I think there's only there's only there's three on Tuesday, and then there's three on Wednesday, and then two. I think two are nationally televised each day. So there's not that many, but it's full slate of watching each night. The first four games of the NBA season, the first four nationally televised NBA games, will have more viewers than Game One of the World Series. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you have to say it again. Do you think that the first four games of the NBA season, the first four nationally televised games, will have more viewers than World uh, Game One of the World Series? No, of course not. Of course not, because it's a World Series. But if it was, um, if it was the ALDS or whatever, then the NBA would for sure have yeah. more viewers. Yeah, I, think I don't so. know. I, I I just see baseball going down this path, and no one's really. You know, it's a dying sport for sure, but it, it's not It's not a sport that they're going to take, you know, they're not going to have as many viewers as opening night of the NBA Yeah, in the World Series. I'll tell you, I cannot watch uh, baseball unless I bet on it. And even then, it's like, all right, just uh, I'll get the updates on my phone every couple of minutes. I can watch baseball when it's – like I actually feel like I care about them. But – Okay. So now that we're on basketball, uh, I want to talk about the biggest story so far in the last, maybe the biggest basketball story of October. Lamar Odom apparently went on a sex and drug-fueled rampage and uh, got somehow into a coma at some whorehouse in Vegas. Uh, Superstar Kourtney Kardashian allegedly broke up with James Harden to get back together with – Lamar Odom. I just want to say that if you are James Harden, you got to be taking this little B curse really seriously because you just got dumped for Lamar Odom, who, like I said, just went on a drug and sex-fueled 
probably suicide trip and got the girl. What are your thoughts? Well, you know what? I think that um, I don't think she would do that unless she and James Harden were already pretty much broken up for the most part. I don't see her being a serious item with James Harden and then breaking up with him after this Lamar Odom situation. You, you know what I mean? Serious about going back to Lamar Odom or just fresh? I didn't hear what you said. You, you're freezing you up. You're serious? Do you think Courtney Kardashian is seriously back in love with Lamar Odom, or she's just doing it because he's in the news? Um, it could be. It could be a, a publicity stunt for the show, but I'm not. I'm you not. Think Lamar Odom was a publicity stunt, or just Courtney Kardashian? Just Courtney Kardashian. The oh, Lamar okay. Odom, yeah. The, the Lamar Odom, like they wouldn't be like, all right, here's what's gonna happen, Lamar. You're gonna go to a brothel. You're gonna <laughs> take a bunch of drugs and like almost kill yourself for the show. And like we have to talk to you for like two years, but you're gonna do it, all right? And he's like, all I don't right. know, man. Um, freaking uh, Chloe Car- or what's what's uh, Caitlyn Jenner? That could still be a publicity so We don't know. Yeah, well, they're juicing it, but. That show gives think- crazy length, man. All right, let's uh, move on to some actual NBA stories. So earlier this month, uh, when preseason started, on the very first practice of the season, Derrick Rose, of all people, got hurt, which is not a big surprise. Um, there's been a lot of talk about it that they need to be gentle with Derrick Rose. I just want to see what you think about uh, – Basically, not letting anybody touch your star player to get ready for the season. Um, it's a. I don't. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Um, not letting anyone touch your star player. Uh, I think that in the NBA, it's important for your health to not overwork your body, especially for your term health. And for Derrick Rose, it's definitely. Uh, unique his situation so it's it's not dumb but the dude needs to he's like not as good as he used to be he needs to be on the court and he needs to get better at one point we were talking about Derrick Rose maybe being one of the best players ever and I think that jumped the gun but when he was playing what was it 2011 he was when he won MVP it is unbelievable he He was last year but with dunks instead of three pointers (laughs) I I don't Derrick Rose's situation is extremely unique, like I said, and, and there's, there's, uh, I don't see him ever being old Derrick Rose, and I don't think anybody else does either. So you, can you just gotta say, hey, you know what? At least we have Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook for MVP. For MVP, I, I wish, dude. I got it. I got his jersey. I got his jersey right here. <laughs> okay, so speaking of players' health. Uh, I want to talk about the Matt Barnes, Derek Fisher feud. Um, allegedly, Fisher's going out with Matt Barnes is estranged, separated wife, uh, yeah. and Matt Barnes allegedly drove like a few hundred miles out of his way to go and kick Derek Fisher's ass. Um, so, what do you make of this, Mead? Okay, so from what I've read about the story. Uh, I, I look at, I look at Matt Barnes and I'm like, you know what? And I read the story and I'm like, Matt Barnes is probably in the right from what I read about it. And I, I hate that because I hate Matt Barnes so much. Matt Barnes is one of the worst people that I know on the basketball court, on the basketball court. When I watch him play, he seems like an evil person. So I don't want to take his hot, his side. I'm anti Matt Barnes in the situation 
despite the evidence for it. Uh, what do you think about thing it? with the Derek Fisher Matt Barnes fight? Uh, when Derek Fisher was a point guard for the Lakers, it was probably cool if he was out banging other players' girlfriends and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but he's like a coach now. You don't see Alvin Gentry going out and like wifing up LeBron's girl or like you know <laughs> shit like that. Like that just does not happen with a coach. And I, I understand some habits are probably hard to kick, but come on, man. Like on the other side, though. Matt Barnes, his drive to kick Derek Fisher's ass must have taken four or five hours. And he still did. And it's like, after I drive for an hour and a half, I forget where I'm going. (laughs) Like, this dude, and it's not like it was his, like, long time. Like, like they were estranged. They probably hadn't seen each other in months. Yeah, she's just the mother of his kids. Had the, the rage. To drive for that long. Like, at that point, just fly out there so you can, like, maintain your anger, you know? <laughs> but he thought about it. He was in the car for four hours, and all he was thinking about the whole car ride was, I'm going to beat that guy's ass when I get <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's all he's thinking. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, last week, Tristan Thompson signs a five-year, $82 million extension with the Cavs. Your thoughts? Uh, it looks like they're paying him a million dollars for every offensive rebound he's going to get, which is interesting. I don't understand. Really good player. Great, great role player for a LeBron team. Uh, a good, very good starter for any, you know, contending playoff team. But uh, eight, five years, $82 million, even with the cap going up, I don't see it. I really don't see it. What do you think? I have the numbers pulled up here because I'm a numbers guy. Tristan Thompson – with his new contract in 2015, is the sixth highest paid power forward in the NBA. Yeah. Let me tell you some names below him. Chief Serge Ibaka, <laughs> Vibo Zach Randolph, Dirkus Nervurkus Winsky, Anthony <laughs> Davis, and that's about all the good ones. Well, Anthony Davis did – to be fair, Anthony Davis did sign a, a hundred million dollar contract that's going to in effect next year. So he he can kind of I mean, but you're right. It's it's weird that uh, Tristan Thompson just signed a contract that's bigger than any contract Zach Randolph will get in his entire career. That's really it. Just doesn't seem right. Let me tell you the names. Uh, there's five people being paid more than Tristan Thompson. I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to know who they are. Lamarcus Aldridge is number one. Kevin Love is number two, Blake Griffin, then Paul Millsap. And then we had a power forward who won an NBA championship this past season. Yeah, he, yeah. Look at him. He's number five. David Lee. Good for him. The fifth highest paid power forward in the league. Now, we can get on Tristan Thompson as much as we want. But David Lee is making a million dollars more than he is, and he's the fifth highest paid player in the league. I don't get it, but I'm not an NBA GM. Uh, I want to talk to you about. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I want to talk to you about the Morris twins. Uh, I'm a big Suns believer, just because <laughs> I'm a big fan of small ball. I like what they're doing. If you're making three, if all your shots are worth three and all your opponent's shots are worth two, you're going to win every time. But yeah. 
the biggest mistake of the century, splitting up the Morris twins. I believe Markeith Morris was traded to the Pistons after um, Marcus. Marcus was traded to the Pistons after they had uh, some big legal bad assault thing going on. Uh, yeah. How much does this hurt the Suns' chances to win the NBA championship this year? Well, it does not hurt them because their chances were already none. So it does not hurt them. But uh, it does hurt their team for the short, short run and the long run. Uh, from Statistically, Markeith and Marcus are both much worse at basketball when they're not playing on the same team as each other. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's because they're actually the same person. They have all the same tattoos and they do all the same things every single day, like beat people up. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the plan is with Markeith. Markeith asked out of Phoenix and said, I'm, I want to get traded. But the only place that if Markeith wants out, the only place he can go is New York. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That's, that's the only real solution that I've heard either. And I think that he's just going to stick it out with Phoenix, but I would not uh, I would not be too surprised to see a Marcus and Markeith reunion on a team sometime in the next couple of years. Who's who's the better player? Who's going to get more money over? Yeah, Markeith. They they actually they split the money evenly. Markeith got paid more when they signed their after their rookie contracts, uh, but they split the money evenly because they feel like they deserve it evenly or whatever. But uh, Markeith's a better player. Markeith's a, a really good solid four four man, and uh, Marcus is like a a stretch four, like he could play the three. He's a little bit quicker, but he's, he's just not quite as good as Markeith, but uh, both of them really good role players, but I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to him. So this year out of the Phoenix Suns, Utah jazz and the Sacramento Kings, who has the best shot to get that eighth seed in the West? Oh, Utah, Utah. And I love, I love Utah because Without even without Exum, Exum got injured and he'll probably be out the whole season, and that's a shame. But they brought in this other point guard called uh, Raul Neto. He's a Brazilian point guard, and Raul Neto is going to surprise some people. Raul Neto could be Dark Horse second team All Rookie NBA. I don't know that anybody cares about that, but I do, and he might he might make it. The the Jazz get better every single year. Gordon Hayward gets better every single year. Last year at the end of the season, the Jazz were uh, actually a top six team in the league, I think, over the last two months as far as a win-loss record. So I would not be too surprised to see them come out this year and be really good. Uh, what do you think of those three teams? Who'd you, who'd you say? You said you say Utah, Utah, Phoenix, and Sacramento. Listen, I know there's a lot of stuff going down in Sacramento and people tweeting that there's snakes in the grass and all that nonsense. <laughs> I just want to say they got a ball team up there. They got some good players and a lot of people being slept on. Rondo, towards the end of the year, started to turn it up per Mark Cuban. Uh, they still got Boogie, uh, self-proclaimed best player in the NBA. Um, and then Bellinelli, if you get anyone from the Spurs, your chances to make the playoffs goes up about 15%. <laughs> um, I don't know. Who else has really good players? What? You know who else has really good players, though? Who? the Lakers and the Knicks and and they're not very good are they That's true. <laughs> but people forget as much as you get George Carl at one point was a really good coach, one of the best coaches in the league, right? 
He was yeah. the uh, Supersonics coach with uh, Rain Man Sean Kemp. Yeah, he was a really good coach for a really long time, but he he seems disconnected from from current players. Like I watched a I watched an NBA TV thing where he and he and like David Blatt and Lionel Hollins and Alvin Gentry all like sat around a table and they just talked about stuff. And George Carl just seemed forty years older than all those guys. Like it just was not entertaining. Every time George Carl talked, I was like, oh, shit!" Like George Carl's talking. Who's the so, uh, small forward for the Jazz? Uh, Gordon Hayward. Well, they run. Uh, they ran Joe Ingles, aka Jingles, at their small forward last season. But uh, with that was when Alec Burks was injured. Oh yeah, he's listed as a shooting guard. Hayward is. Yeah. Yeah, because he so, was starting shooting yeah. in the season last year. He'll start small forward this year though, because Alec Burks is coming back from injury. So. Okay, so I want to ask you, if Gordon Hayward, would you rather have? Gordon Hayward, Gallinari, Demory Carroll, or Chandler Parsons as your small forward? Hayward, Hayward for sure. Uh, with if they I have to pay all of them equal money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would I would go Hayward for sure. Hayward has gotten. I think he's like the first player in NBA history to make his uh, points per game total go up by at least like two and a half points every season. That, every season for his first first five seasons or something like that. So he's a player on the upswing. He like has a chip on his shoulder, everyone says. So I I would like, I would go with Hayward. What about you? I think I would take Carroll there after how he played last year. How about this? Gordon Hayward or Tobias, Tobias Harris? Oh, Gordon Hayward, of course. You really like you. You're a I'm big magic empathizer. I love every single player on that team. I think yeah. they're the next NBA dynasty. Tobias Harris is a lot like uh, Brandon Wright, uh, the power forward that had all the metrics and the advanced analytic numbers. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, Brandon Wright, right? Yeah, Brandon Wright on the uh, Grizzlies, I believe. Anyways, yeah, you're right. Tobias you're right. Harris, maybe not the flashiest player. But he's the kind of guy that you win a championship with. I don't know. That's that remains to be seen. That's a bold statement. Very bold statement. <laughs> okay. Uh, just to wrap up our NBA talk, have you seen Jeremy Lin's new hair? It's incredible. He looks like a dragon. Oh my gosh! I gotta tell you, I just watched the um, the Jeremy Lin Superior Lintellect video. Oh, and we need to I, get an old man fisherman. I, I gotta, I gotta think that he's not wearing that hair for style. Like it's Jeremy Lin. That no. hair has some kind of advantage that we can't even freaking fathom. Yeah, it's, maybe it's gonna make him a better player this year. More aerodynamic on the court, maybe something, man. Maybe he seems taller. He can play better defense with his head. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, uh, we're gonna wrap this show up with some football picks. Uh, so we're going to start with the first ever NFL game to be streamed official, uh, legally streamed. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to be streamed on Yahoo. Uh, yeah. it's at nine 30. It's a London game. I think, uh, yeah, Buffalo Washington versus football. Jacksonville in London, Buffalo minus three and a half. Uh, what do you, Who think? you take? I think that. This is going to be a super horrible game, and thank God it's at 9.30. The NBA made this game 
at 9.30 so that streaming NBA games or NFL games would fail. Who the hell is going to wake up at 9.30 to watch Buffalo versus Jacksonville in London? Who or if you're on the West Coast, who's going to wake up at 6.30 in the morning and watch that game? So the NFL is going to use the revenue from this game, which is going to be – and they are going to be like, oh, it's not going to work. Even though every single person in the world wants games online. Besides the point, I'm going Jacksonville. Uh, I love – Blake Bortles, even though he might be out this week. I think that Buffalo started hot, but just like every other Rex Ryan team, they're starting to crumble real quick. They don't have a real answer at quarterback. Um, Tyrod, he's putting up good numbers, but – He might uh, be out too. He's What was that? He might be out too. Tyrod, yeah. They were talking about playing EJ Manuel, who's a Florida State guy. Uh, I still like EJ Manuel better than Tyrod Taylor, but they both kind of asked. Uh, <laughs> I heard well, tell me I from Jacksonville to cover just because I'd be surprised if they even scored three and a half points in this game. <laughs> well, I heard this is what I heard. Tell me if I'm wrong here that Buffalo arrived to London a long time ago, and Jacksonville, I think, is just arriving in the past uh, couple days. So, Jacksonville, I think, arrived yesterday night. Yeah, so Jacksonville's you know, the whole sleep schedule thing that really matters. Like when you see the West coast teams come play at one o'clock on the East coast, that kind of like they play worse. So going all the way to London and not adjusting to that, um, you know, to that sleep schedule, like that could be weird for Jacksonville and, and, and Buffalo has prepared is prepared or, you know, has come so early that they now are used to the, you know, the clock. So I would take Buffalo with the points. I would take three and a half. I say Buffalo wins by, by four or more. That's a good point just because nobody in general wants to wake up at uh, 9.30 to play football, you know. Yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. more than one day to get your sleep schedule on. Kind right. of stuff matters. I think this is going to be a shit fest and no one is going to care about this game. I'm probably going to watch it or I'm, pro- I'm more likely going to have it running on my computer just so I can show the NFL that there are people that want good idea. Yeah, I can agree with that. It's you definitely a good idea. Set an alarm, pull it up on your computer, and go back to sleep. Okay, <laughs> um, moving on to oh my Atlanta, another crappy game. St. Louis or Cleveland versus St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis is favored by four points. It's in St. Louis. Who do you got? I have St. Louis. I think the um St. Louis is even though St. Louis seems to play to their competition every single week. I think that St. Louis um, will kind of figure some stuff out. Todd Gurley's about to have a big week. Uh, I, I see St. Louis winning by by more than four. Uh, the fact that this game's at St. Louis usually would make me favor the home team, but Jeff Fisher seems to beat the really good teams and lose to the really horrible teams. Uh, Cleveland's got a good defense. I actually love Josh McCown, especially now he's not on the Bears. I think Josh McCown is going to put up big numbers again to follow up his big performance last week. I think it's going to be the start of McCown mania. Is McCown, is that the McCown that's on the uh, Verizon commercials? No, no, that's the Saints backup. Luke the Saints backup. Okay, yeah. That's, talking, you know, Johnny Manziel, um, there's a chance he can be dismissed from the football. He just got arrested, you know, uh, allegedly. Oh. Uh, oh, oh, that was with like, the – you beating up his girlfriend or something? Uh, it, they More were they didn't beat him up. They were just arguing. Okay, well, and then he was in the car with someone who's drunk. I think so. 
he needs to get together. But yeah, whatever. but I actually think McCown is nice. When I, he was in Chicago, he was putting up numbers. He was just bombing the ball deep. Uh, Travis Benjamin, I don't know where the hell he came from, but I, I like <laughs> Cleveland in this game to win it. Uh, so I'll take Cleveland. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely take the points for sure for you. But uh, so so let's talk about my team here. Let's talk about Pittsburgh, Kansas City. It looks like Pittsburgh's getting Pittsburgh's getting three and a half. What do you think? Uh, Pittsburgh favored to win by three and a half points in Kansas City. Kansas City gets loud. Uh, I, just to showcase my horrible ability to choose football games, I liked the Super Bowl to be Kansas City versus Green Bay. Uh, That is (laughs) not going to materialize, at least from the Kansas City side. They look like ass. I'm going Pittsburgh. Nice, good choice. I like that choice. Uh, I, I was listening to I was listening to a Bill Simmons podcast. He said he didn't know that Landry Jones was a white guy when Landry Jones rolled out on the field. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I thought that's interesting. I didn't know that Bill Simmons didn't watch college football at all. But Landry uh, Jones was the goat at Oklahoma. He was. He was for a short period of time. But uh, I like you know what I like Kansas City. I think that. Um, I think that Landry Jones kind of got uh, a little bit of a, an assist from Martavis Bryant in the last game. And I think that Kansas City, even though they suck, they've been sucking lately, I think that Kansas City will finally figure out how to play offense without Jamal Charles against Pittsburgh. And I think that uh, we won't put up enough points in order to uh, cover that three-and-a-half-point spread. Kansas City gets loud. uh Right, then, and there's that. Them and Seattle like to have pissing contests to see who can break the world barrier sound enough times. Yeah. Uh, listen, nobody cares about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> I wanted them to win the Super Bowl, and they have really made me feel like a fool for believing in them. I blame Andy Reid. I blame Alex Smith. Um, Alex, uh, former Alex number one pick, Alex Smith. So. Uh, let's move on to. Houston at Miami. Miami's favored by three points with their new interim head coach who came away with a win last week, I believe. Yeah. Houston's starting Ryan Mallett this week. Oh, they're starting Mallett? Oh, I'm sorry, Hoyer. They're starting Hoyer this week? Starting Hoyer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who you got? Um, I'm taking Miami just because Houston sucks, and it's as simple as that. I don't really know too much about either of these teams. All I know is that Miami also sucked before this interim coach. I don't know. I don't know enough about the interim coach. Uh, I know that he's crazy, and he uh, played on the zero and sixteen Lions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dan Campbell, the the uh, Dolphins' interim head coach, was a tight end slash long snapper, I believe, with the Lions in their zero and sixteen season. Although he was really only active for two or three games because he got on injury reserve. Uh, Listen, if you can't handle being a long snapper and you got to get put on injured reserve, you're not going to make it as a coach. Uh, I'm taking Houston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's just seems like it's a toss up game. Like you, you, either way you pick, you just feel shitty about it. A lot of crappy games on the schedule this week. Yeah. Seriously, it doesn't seem like there's that many games on the schedule this week. At, at no. least for like the one o'clock. Like as far as red zone entertainment, does not seem like there's that many games. But. Well, I will get uh, Detroit, Minnesota. Um, Detroit, uh, Minnesota playing at Detroit. You know, I'm a big Lions fan. 
Uh, there is no point spread on the game. They're even. So straight up, who do you like to win this game? Detroit. How about that, buddy? Detroit. I think that uh, Detroit is actually an okay team. Uh, I think that they'll pull it off at home against Minnesota. Who you got? Listen to the Lions schedule this year. Uh, we The Lions started 0-5. We played the Chargers, who scored 30 points in the second half to beat us. Uh, we lost at Minnesota. Then we lost to the Broncos, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals. No way are the Lions as bad as the record state, their record states. Um, I think that the Lions are really hard to beat at home, just like every other team. Uh, the fact that there's no point spread, Lions playing at home, just got their first win of the season. Uh, there's no look-ahead game because they're playing in London next week. Uh, I like the Lions too, but I usually pick the Lions and they usually disappoint. No, that's, that, sounds like, that sounds like an unbiased pick. That sounds like a, a well-informed pick. Uh, so here's a big ticket game. The Jets at New England. The, the Patriots on a Gronk U tour. The nine-and-a-half-point favorites uh, against a surprisingly good Jets team. I think that the Jets cover this game. I think that the Patriots will probably win just because nobody's stopping them this year. But the Jets have a really good defense, a really good head coach, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing some ball down there. Uh, I don't know what they're – he – is certainly physically unimpressive and talent-wise, nothing special. But he manages the game, puts points on the table, keeps his team in whatever game he's in, and with the help of his defense, he can win some football games. I'm taking the Jets to cover, Patriots to win. Uh, I completely agree with that. I think that Fitz's beard will uh, make a couple plays. Agreed. Uh, scramble around a couple times and uh, keep him keep within – Keep him within nine and a half points. I want to see a Ryan Fitz Harvard Magic rushing touchdown today, tomorrow. I would love to see that. That would, would make my week. Uh, okay, let's move on to some of the other games. Atlanta, four and a half points at Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee starting Mettenberg. Who do you got? I got Atlanta. I got Atlanta because Atlanta's way better, and it's as simple as that. Ken Wisenhunt might be the worst coach in the NFL right now. It's between him and Jim Caldwell, probably. Actually, no. I don't know if we can say that. I watched the Thursday night game a couple days ago, and Jim Tom Sola has got to be the biggest mistake that any NFL franchise has ever done. Yeah, well, you know what? People flip the switch on, on coaches way too quickly. It, it, like, remember after week one when Jim Tom Sola was the offensive line whisperer? And it was like, oh, you know, Carlos Hyde's going to rush for 2,000 yards this year. Jim Tom Sula was such a good hire. And then now, just a few weeks later, he's a huge mistake. I, I think it's a long season. You got you to see what he has and, you know, he can do the rest of the season. Ken Wisenhunt, though, he's proven time and again. He is <laughs> seriously bad. So, <laughs> him and Caldwell <clears throat> were hired in the same year. The Lions had a contract ready for uh, Wisenhunt. They had a personal plane for him. They were flying him out that day. And somehow he ended up on a plane to Tennessee. We lost, started scrambling, and hired Jim Caldwell because Tony Dungy told us to. Uh, we really wanted uh, Wisenhut, but Tony Dungy was our first choice. And he said he didn't want to do it, but we should hire Caldwell. And we ended up doing that. 
Should have just hired Jim Schwartz back. Well, you people are soon quick to forget that the Lions made the playoffs last year and could have easily won a playoff game. You're right. Yeah. Um, anyways, back to the game. Yeah, Atlanta a, mil- a million times better than the Zach Mettenberg-led Tennessee. I'd yeah. be surprised if Tennessee scores more than three to six points this game. Really? Uh, I think Julio Jones is just going to shit on the Titans this week. I'm taking Atlanta, too. I hope uh, so. Tampa Bay, Washington. Washington, four-point favorites. What do you think? Uh, I, Tampa Bay is going to cover that. Honestly, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. I'm with you. Yeah. I think Tampa Bay is going to win straight up, too. I think Doug Martin and um, Charles Sims, the pride of West Virginia, I think they're yeah. going to get theirs. I think Jameis Winston's going to have a big day. Um, but Yeah, I think, that, you know, I think that the Buccaneers really need to figure out how to rush. On they're Washington. either really good or they're either – okay or like really freaking bad and the tampa bay buccaneers are just a little below okay <laughs> washington has one of their best games of the season they can win but we'll see yeah, uh me and you both taking tampa bay uh quickly now new orleans versus indianapolis who do you got uh indianapolis, indianapolis four point favorites yeah. in, in four, four points favorites in in indy i think that uh i think that for my fantasy team for house targaryen i think that Andrew Luck throws a touchdown pass to Dante Moncrief. Helps me win my fantasy game. Helps Indianapolis cover the four-point spread against New Orleans. I like New Orleans to win this game straight up. Indianapolis is not good. They're not going to be good until they fire Pagano. What I saw last week with that fake punt was the most (laughs) insane thing that we will ever witness as football fans. I mean, there is no point to that. Indianapolis is going to keep shitting bricks until they get rid of Pagano. I don't know who they're going to bring in for him. Maybe Schwartz. I think I would kill myself if I had to see Schwartz on primetime every night. But, uh, I'm taking New Orleans. Uh, Dallas versus Giants. Um, those. I'm taking the Giants to cover a four-point spread. Uh, or Yeah, Giants to win by Giants more than four. four-point favorites. Yeah, I'm sorry. New York. Des Bryant not listed, not ruled out quite yet. But what? How much does it matter when uh, Matt Castle's your quarterback and not Tony Romo? That's an excellent point. I don't know if I would rather have Matt Castle, Brandon Whedon. If I had to pick between those guys, I'd pick Kellen Moore to start a game. I mean, <laughs> we know what both of those losers can do, and it's not much. Kellen Moore, he throws the ball like Peyton Manning. Out there, you see what he can do. <laughs> see what he can do. He can be. He can. I'm be taking the Giants to cover Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're talking about playing Christine Michael at running back this week, even though Randall's back. I don't know what their problem is. Randall seems good enough. Uh, Giants. Good choice. Uh, Eagles, Carolina, Carolina, right at hot defense to an undefeated record. Philadelphia got a win, even though it looked like if they weren't going to win last week, Chip Kelly might have been out of there. Uh, it's in Carolina. I actually like Philadelphia to win this game and cover the two-and-a-half-point uh, underdog spread. Really? I, I think I think it's the Cam Newton show, and I think Carolina really really runs away with it. Sam Bradford, when I watch Sam Bradford, he looks like the type of guy that would vote for Donald Trump. He would just walk into the, the, the poll booth and be like, do you know no preparation beforehand and just kind of be like oh what's going on donald trump i recognize that name and just check it off he does not look like he knows what the hell's going on at any point so that for that reason and for the reason that cam newton it should probably be the mvp if he keeps this up i'm taking carolina i actually think carolina's defense is doing more than cam uh 
Philadelphia's got that great front seven. Cam, yeah. he can throw. I don't know, still haven't figured out who he's throwing to. Uh, I think uh, with Philadelphia's good linebackers, they can take away Greg Olson. And basically it's uh, Ted Ginn versus uh, the Eagles corner, Bradley Fle- – or I can't even remember his name, the guy from Seattle that they signed. Uh, this awesome. Sorry? Brandon Browner? No. Uh, Eagles corner. Kerry Williams? Maxwell. Byron Maxwell. Byron Maxwell. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Byron Maxwell. It's going to be Byron Maxwell versus Ted Ginn. Uh, I think I'm just going to throw up all over my TV if I have to watch that. <laughs> I'm in Philadelphia. Uh, last game, the – Monday night game. A really good-looking game. Baltimore versus Arizona. Arizona looking good. Baltimore not looking not so good. much. What do you think? Um, it's a really good looking game if you haven't watched Baltimore yet this season and you think it's Baltimore uh, of the past. I think that uh, I think that Baltimore just has to concede to the season sometime soon and just punt on this on the season. And uh, I don't think it's going to be in this game though. I actually like Baltimore to cover the six-and-a-half-point spread. After watching what Pittsburgh did to Arizona last week, I think Baltimore can at least cover the spread. After watching what Arizona did to Detroit two weeks ago, (laughs) I am making this my lock of the week. Arizona to cover the six-and-a-half-point spread. I'm looking right here. Baltimore's got the 32nd-ranked pass defense. The Cardinals have the number two-ranked pass offense. I think who do the Ravens have in their secondary or on their defense at all? Who's going to carry? Who's going to cover Larry Fitzgerald in the slot? John Brown on the outside. They put Jimmy Smith on John Brown. Fitzgerald and Floyd are going to have a field day. Yeah. If they could just get – if magically Chris Johnson sustains his performance, I don't see why this team couldn't represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But – uh Okay, so who are you taking? Six and a half points. You got Baltimore? Oh, I got Baltimore. Who you got? I'm taking Arizona, my lock of the week. That was lock of the century. One of the podcast. Uh, we hope everyone had a good time. Uh, thanks for joining me, Mead. Hey, and- thanks for having me, buddy. All right.